yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the doors of the Wrestler Review. Will Yolo. there be audio issues? Yes, there will. Will <laughs> there be false facts? Yes, there will. Will you tweet at <laughs> us and be a bag of shit? Yes, you will. We appreciate any corrections. If any of you sweaty loser nerds wants to help us, tweet a correction. Get one kiss from me. I will take a plane to anywhere you are and I will kiss on the lips. <gasps> Of your dick. Of your dick. This week we are doing... We're doing the Killer Bees. Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and B. Brian Blair. The Bees. This is an interesting uh, choice because we made this choice. We said, let's do another tag team. Let's do the Killer Bees. A long-running tag team, you would say. Nope. Nope. Three years in the Fed. Three years in the Fed. Brought in as enhancement talent. Yep. And basically became a team because Hulk Hogan thought they'd be a good team, and it was at the apex of Hogan's career where he could have been like, yeah. uh, what's up, brother? It's Vince, it's me, Terry. I want you to make a tag team out of the placenta that came out of my wife's <laughs> Hogan hole when Nick was born and a lock of Brooks' hair. Call them great pieces. <laughs> this is uh, But this is really interesting because it kind of speaks to, like, m- when I read up on these guys, I kind of, like, realized... It really does speak to what the Fed was back then, because uh, maybe not B. Brian Blair, but certainly uh, Jim Brunzel had a great run in the AWA and like did hour-long draws with Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. They were both like technical. You could see even in their bodies looking back now yep. as an educated wrestling fan. They are like the classic prototype of a like floating around the NWA championship territorial star guys. Like... Good bodies can really move, great depth of um, like a move set and stuff like that. And then they come into the Fed, and because they're not huge, massive guys, you're like, well, what are we going to do with these guys? Like, well, he jumps, and uh, he, the other one is actually a B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, Jim Brunzel was supposed to, be, yeah, was uh, obviously because he was in a tag team previously. We'll just get into, his, into Jim Brunzel's career a bit. Uh, um, he was in a, uh, <laughs> he, like everybody else, uh, tried for the NFL, uh, he failed. And then Greg Gagne said, you know what? My daddy's a wrestler. Yeah. My daddy wants to fuck your titties. Oh, That's hi, what he Jim said. Brunzel, it's me, Greg Gagne. Yeah, I know I have the most uncomfortable hairline ever of any human being. <laughs> and for some reason I'm wearing a shirt with pocket protectors. Also, here's the thing. Everyone gives wrestlers shit. For fanny packs, mm-hmm. no one talks about the fact that up until the late 90s, you would see a wrestler in a collared golf shirt with a breast pocket, and there'd be a pocket protector in that breast pocket. What? If you look, they always have like weird pocket protect, odd pocket things. The only thing I see when I think of a guy with a button-up shirt that's a wrestlerism is... Lex Luger in the button-up American flag. No, 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 no. It's like a certain type of territorial wrestler will have like a weird leather wallet satchel situation, <laughs> like, but in their like the breast pocket of a golf shirt. You know that was probably them being like, "I'm not a fucking idiot. I don't wear Zubaz pants, and have a fanny pack. I have a weird leather pocket protector. Yeah, and I'm on ketamine right now. Yeah." couple of things you need to know about me. I travel with Mad Dog Vashon. He's not allowed to sit in the aisle because one time he opened the door of an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stories about, like, uh, hazing. Hazing, um, as we've discussed on the show, is, like, 
like a, a gentle, like uh, a little bit of a fib would be between, oh, hey John, I put I put soy instead of coconut milk in your coffee. Oh, oh you do go on, Dylan. You are a rascal and shenanigan meister, the likes of which the world has not been for some time. <laughs> oh, I'm friends with the Wild Samoans. What do they do? They kicked in all the doors in my yeah. car, replaced the car with actual their shit, and their their son, my son, is theirs. Like 1980s wrestling pranks was like, oh, I'd like to get into the wrestling business. Break his leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny because uh, B. Brian Blair. Or apologies, uh, Jim Brunzel was uh, was trained by Hiro Matsuda, yep. the guy who just fucking broke Hulk Hogan's leg. And probably tried to break his leg, too. Hiro yeah, Matsuda, by the way, was brought in one day to the AWA no, because that was the by Mad Dog Vachon, because Mad Dog mm. Vachon's son wanted to be a wrestler. Mad Dog Vachon didn't like his son, so he just told Hiro Matsuda to break his leg, and even Hiro Matsuda was like, this is too far. <laughs> well, that was the thing that... That's why, um, I mean, so I'm assuming we'll get into this, but that's why the Briscoes were so big in uh, in Florida for so long, is because Eddie Graham basically hated anyone who could develop muscles easily, so he would, and it's borderline implied in uh, the book Shooters <laughs> uh, by Jonathan Snoozenu, Um Oh, Jonathan Snowden Shooters, if you want to read it. It's a great book. Anyway, uh, it's implied that <laughs> if you read between the lines, it just sounds like they would bring in muscle guys who are bodybuilders. Jack Briscoe would beat them up, and Eddie Graham would masturbate to completion upwards of six times. Being like, you feel that? You feel that? Oh, you got nice muscles? You what I got? I got a little I got a little juice for you. I'm going to rub it on your rub it on your lips. Eddie Graham is the craziest guy. There's some secret that I think is is that him and his wife divorced in the 50s and he made her pretend they were still married for the image of the <laughs> business for like 30 years. It's something along those lines. I don't think it's exactly that, but it's something like that where you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, man?" That's terrifying. Um, That's funny because basically what happened was, and it's it's kind of uh, bizarre, but uh, they were never a tag team before. But they were both trained by Hiro Matsuda. Uh, Brian uh, B. Brian Blair got into wrestling because he wanted to be Superman. Fuck you. He wanted. I want to be Superman. By the way, B. Brian Blair. We'll talk about this in the second at half the of the end, episode. At the end, when he's jo- Jim Brunzel's just a nice man from Minnesota. B. Brian Blair uh, believes that uh, uh, women has a right to choose to do anything B. Brian Blair wants with her goddamn body, baby. Woo! You know what I mean? Abortion. Not only is it wrong, if you say the word, Mr. Blair will escort you out of his house. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And by the way, B. Brian Blair, you may also know from Iron Sheik hating him more than the anyone else. Yeah, he always talks about how Bieber, Bieber and Blair, that fucking jabroni. I fuck him, man. <laughs> fuck, yeah, she- Bieber and Blair has a second career as just being shit on. And if you listen to any interview with Bieber, with uh, Mr. Blair, he'll just talk about. It's just weird to say Bieber and Blair this much uh, <laughs> with the killer Bieber and Blair. If, um, you, but if you listen to any interview with him, he'll just be like, I don't know what. I right, he may want to get his. Butt kicked. Um, the thing that was very interesting about the Killer Bees as they were brought in is that they were the only face tag team that Jesse the Body Ventura would go for, obviously because they all had a history in the AWA. But he would talk about it. He was like, uh, you know, they're sure they're lily livered, uh, lily livered gentlemen, but hell of wrestlers. They think it was the interesting depth of his persona and a w- yeah. cool way of getting him over of this guy that all the fans knows he fucking hates every hero but he likes the killer bees like even against iron cheek and nikolai volkov when they were in their sort of biggest program jesse ventura would always kind of be like i like them killer bees 
Um, yeah. Killer Bee is very interesting in that. And it's it also shows how different tag team wrestling is now. But they were a tag team that wasn't even ever in the picture for the tag team titles. Like yeah, you had a lot of depth to the title. There, yeah, to the program. Team, like there's like the Young Stallions, the Can Am. Like there was like Strike Force. There were so many tag teams. Yeah. And I know that Vince is like, well, why would you pay four guys when you can just pay two guys? But it's it adds a variety to the program. And I just li- I like tag team wrestling. You can do different moves. You can put different guys together. Um, and yeah. I think you're going back to it in the way that like Enzo and Cass seem to be slowly moving towards being a tag team, but are singles wrestlers. Like you can do that sort of stuff. Well, they're just kind of using right now. It's like seems like Enzo and Cass, as of this recording at least, um, is they're tag teams when they need to. They're tag team when they need to be, and yeah. when they want to make Cass. Like it's an interesting way because they don't like managers of basically making one guy a manager. A pseudo manager who's yeah. like, you can always get heat on Enzo just by having a guy beat the shit out of Enzo and then Cass kind of deals with it. Kind of like a big brother, little brother type style. Michael Hayes manager, basically, which is like, like Michael Hayes was, according to Bill Watts, the worst wrestler he'd ever seen. But he had a, he was the best talker he'd ever seen. Like he's the only guy who could walk out and make everyone buy tickets the next week to see if he gets yeah. the shit kicked out of him. So he's like, will make him the most high-paid manager ever and just never let him get in the ring. And that's why they put him with Billy, um, Buddy Jack Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> As the other wrestler in the Freebirds. Sorry for coughing right in the microphone. Also, I coughed and farted at the same time. <laughs> what a day. John's an old ladies, a ladies, a girl and a lady. That You farted and I felt it in the floors. You should. It's powerful and good. <laughs> See, we're recording in my house, which is a pile of sticks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shed on the outskirts of London. Oh, I oh. love it. I love it. I want some more of it. So, the Killer Bees, here's a little bit of trivia for you guys. Uh, Killer Bees, how'd they get their name, John? How'd they get their name? They got stung by Africanized bees in Michigan. That's right. Uh, That plus, they took their name from the Miami Dolphins football uh, uh, defense. They were nicknamed the Killer Bees at that time. Ew. Because uh, they're both from Florida. Dirty fucking losers from Florida. It's such an interesting mid-80s to mid-90s thing of being concerned about bees that kill you. It was a big thing. And it's weird that these guys came in as... I don't know if the plan was to bring them in as heels because they also did the like... I don't know. Uh, usually you would see this as the Bellas five years ago, but the old twin magic. like That was basically their... They got um, Billy Red Lions uh, from T. Ronto um told uh told B Brian Blair uh about doing like the mask confusion thing yeah. where yeah like a guy you're in a you're a wrestler with a mask on you roll out second wrestler with a mask on comes in the ring other referee and your opponent don't know small package roll up you win um and it, they use that but they but clearly like there was something like there's a reason why everyone and it's kind of weird you say maybe it was because it was aimed at children and the killer bees were really too, almost like two Sin Caras in a way. Where, or two, I guess the Lucha Dragons are a good. Yeah. But they're just like really high flying, really fun. Like, um, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but. They're a tag team that if they were, he- they were in the Fed now would get like a comedic wrestler push. Like they'd be ridiculous and people would be making buzzing chants and they'd be hitting people with honeycombs and like. Yeah, this is, thir- like, keep in mind, this very much is 30 years ago. Like, they dressed like bees 
Yeah. They had masks on. And they're also like, it's really, it's something always- that they don't do very often. Like, they're not mystery, quote unquote, mystery characters. Yeah. And they have masks. They're not luchadors, but and they, they have always, masks. They lost the masks at a certain point. And they did lose the masks. Yes. And, but I that's how I recognize them. That's why it's like weird to remember. It's even weird that they did have masks. It's just weird that they were like, "Here's your mask. Your name's Jim." <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's like for us, man, like I, the only yeah, masked man named Jim is a rapist, in my experience. It. So you've been, John. What happened? I I interviewed a lot of rapists for a journal. That's not true. Called allies weekly <laughs> but i'm an ally to women unlike you you misogynist you hate women um women are cucks <laughs> the original cucks john they're all cucks i understand that cuck is supposed to be this big insult but there's something about a greasy internet guy being like you're a cuck and it's like the only reason you know that is that you've gone so far down a porn wormhole is that <laughs> into cuckold porn so you're like those people are. I'm not one of those people. You are. Here's my here's my problem with. Here's why I want to I want to say this to anybody. If you are mad at people for saying the word cuck or something, and you're a cuck. You're a cuck. No, um, I don't know. I just feel like everyone's like, oh, get mad uh, in an argument in a comment thread on the internet on a YouTube video, and then get mad at that person. It's like, no, you should be mad at yourself for making a comment on a YouTube video. Mm. If your comment, uh, if you commented on YouTube video and you're like outside of puberty, you deserve it. That's you deserve, <laughs> you deserve. Like, just don't ever. I don't understand why YouTube has comments. Like, if I was a, if I was like a YouTube star, I would just disable the comments for every fucking video. Like, no, no. At best, at best, you're gonna get. Uh, oh, fifty-one seconds is funny. That's the best you can do. The worst is literally a hundred thousand. Come, 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 come. <laughs> rape, rape, rape. Here's come. a link to this guy's mom's Facebook profile. Send her dicks. Yeah. Come. I don't mean pictures. I mean your actual full dicks. Come, 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 come. Like, and also, if you don't believe me, go on. Look up any female stand-up comedian's YouTube video. Try and go, any any single one. Try and go. Not famous. Just like type in, type in, like just woman Susan Smith comedian. Yeah, and. Go if there are more than ten comments, the furthest down you'll get is two before it's I will rape you. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be nice to where is my dick puppet. Yeah, like oh I'll tell you where my dick goes anywhere it wants to, including your butt. <laughs> why are, why are those noises come out of her face pussy? Yeah. I didn't know women could talk in two thousand sixteen. Cuck, cuck, YOLO. Yeah. YOLO, Trump. Um because the thing was, Billy Redlines gave him the this idea because he thought you can use it on the indies mm-hmm. because this dude, um, Billy Red Lions was the announcer for like Maple Leaf Wrestling. Uh, he was the announcer for like when they would have syndication rights to the WWF yeah, before they, they had like a prepackaged program. Exactly. Before they had the big rolling the show. The controlled Toronto as a yeah. territory and were NWA loyalists. And one of the big sort of big advantages that they were able to do uh, in the early on of the WWF expansion is that before the Briscoes sold their TV time on Black Friday, the big one that scared the NWA is that Maple Leaf Wrestling immediately went to the Fed. They were like, yep, great. And they basically made a sweetheart deal where Jack Tunney got to be the on-television president was paid a TV salary, but they also got all of, they got all the door of any Toronto wrestling. Um, I think it was Toronto, anywhere in Ontario maybe, which is why for a big, long chunk of time, the Fed only would do house shows in Canada. Like they did 
And that being because, as uh, people from TDOT, um, you Toronto is the biggest city in Canada. It's fourth largest city in North America. Yeah. So the in the other thing is now I don't know if it was like that then, but certainly now like Canada has thirty five million people, and I think like fifteen or twenty of them are in the Greater Toronto area. Mm, no, it's four million are in the GTA. Four million in the GTA. It's four million, but then ten. Per, I think it's ten or fifteen percent are in the Golden Triangle. So when, within an hour's drive of Toronto. Yeah, exactly. So then, basically, you have just by having that one city, you've literally broadcasted to ten percent of Canada as a whole. And you're so in the, yeah, the most major media and, market. And you're in the major media market, and you can do the satellite towns around. Like you can create a big tour around yeah. everything so even just by giving them the door you're still oh, borderline sweetheart deal right so but anyway his idea was you can do this you can sell the fucking gimmick basically mm-hmm. you can fucking do what doink the clown did the killer bees could still be wrestling now it could be like the young bucks just dress up as the killer bees which would be pretty fun but uh that's what uh billy red lion's uh idea was like so because there was uh, certain house shows they would just like switch out people yeah. if they were hurt like one st jones did one time and he's a black and they everyone had a good chuckle everyone was like i don't think that's jim i don't I think do, i it's like not since kiss met the phantom of the park have they used a black guy for someone who's clearly a white guy to understand that joke you need to understand that kiss made a movie in the late 70s called kiss meets the phantom of the park and ace freely decided not to be in it so they just got a black guy to play ace freely um, now the thing you need to know is you see his hands a lot, so Ace just has black hands in the movie. <laughs> That's terrifying. Kiss is the best, and I'll have nothing bad said about them. Moving on, the worst. Um, so the Fed come in, and there it's a very interesting sort of. I really remember them from this time period of watching back like WrestleManias and pay-per-views on VHS. Like they stuck out for some reason. They stuck out, and it's stunning mostly that it was three years. And I, maybe it's because it was like because I was thinking about this. I was gonna mention this earlier, but you were we were born in 1985, right? Yeah, Feeling alive, baby. All right. Our first cognitive memories of professional wrestling may have been the Killer Bees losing to the Hart Foundation. Or like the the Killer Bees beating the Heart Foundation, but the Heart Foundation just escaped with the belt. Impossible, because that would have been nineteen. Impossible, because I didn't really become aware of wrestling until like ninety ninety one. But it's go- but I- you don't remember what you were doing when you were three no. though. Oh, it's just like point. little flashes. Like I remember they had. I remember those big, the really big plastic uh, action figures. The wrestling yeah. action figures. I remember. Uh, yeah, I had a, like a Killer Bees one because. Everyone would like, my cousin had a bunch, and he would be like, I mean, I'm using Hulk Hogan, you can have the Killer Bees. And I would just be like, it's me and the Killer Bees, let's figure out how to make this federation work. Yeah. And I, I would. I got Jumpin' Jim, I got uh, B. Brian Blair, what do you need? <laughs> Nothing else. B. Brian Blair, a big fucking sissy. Yeah. Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, great man. Reasonable man. Minnesota, socialist state. Not a problem. <laughs> socialist state. Be Brian Blair, the mayor of We'll Get To It. We will get to it. Um, what's also interesting is that look at the spots there, and they're never in – they're in memorable moments of two th- out of the three WrestleManias. They're in the NFL Wrestler Battle Royal. Certainly. And then they're in the uh, WrestleMania three match with Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik that then 
uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan interferes in and then has the biggest coke booger in his in his beard that I've ever fucking seen. It's the fucking grossest thing in the world. Who? Hacksaw Jim Duggan at the end of the match when he's celebrating, he has a booger that goes from the top of his nose <laughs> through his entire beard down to the bottom of his mouth. And Jesse Ventura is like, that's like that's disgusting. <laughs> sl- like you could tell they're like, ignore it. And he was like, what a gross man. <laughs> that Jacksaw Jim Duggan, when he was kind of in shape, was weird. He was being he was one of the fallback options for Hulk Hogan because he was so really? over in the South, so big in the South. Um, and also because his crowd reaction, the first run was crazy. And then he got caught smoking weed with the Iron Sheik. I remember and they him killed it. Yeah, I remember, but I remember him being like, "This guy's fucking awesome." He's like, always, I loved Hacksaw Jim Duggan when he was in WCW during like that big switch. He was one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it because it's like that guy's still around. Fuck yeah! I know we did a balls. Oh. <laughs> I know I did it. We did a balls Mahoney uh, episode a while ago. But there was, uh, there you should hear a balls. There's a balls Mahoney shoe interview. I think from like 2003. He's in a comic book shop, and does he look inebriated? No, he actually looks quite sober. <laughs> he looks sober, but he's also, yeah. And I said it in that episode too. But he is very much that guy from high school. You'll watch the interview and you'll yeah. figure it out. Anyway, uh, he has a, like a 10 minute long story about hacksaw Jim Duggan just being a fucking dick, showing up drunk. And uh, it's pretty great. Where he's Hacksaw just like at the last second, like, no, I'm going over now. <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan looks like one of the dudes who you go to like an open skate at a skating rink. Okay. And he's just, this is a very Canadian reference. And he's hanging out. And you never see him smoking, but he always smells like cigarettes. And he has he's talking about like local hockey stats. Like, Oh, let me tell you, the Ottawa West Golden Knights, they're going to really fucking be something next year. <laughs> like, like, Hacksaw looks like that guy, but not in a pedophile way, but more in like, I got my beers. I got, he, like, he still calls his wife his woman, even though her name's Bonnie, and she <laughs> doesn't really like him anymore. So, all right, we're going to do a, a break. Also, I want to say this. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, for me, kind of strikes me as a guy who's like, ah, he's fun until the fifth drink. Oh yeah, Hacksaw. I I would also say that about the Killer Bees is both of them seem like really reasonable Tom Collins while barbecuing, and then it's drink number five, and Brunzel like sm- like crushes his Dixie cup and goes, "You looking at my wife?" <laughs> and you're like, "No," and you're like, "Oh, I didn't realize my wife was too good for you. See that ass? I do not tap it because that's against the Bible." <laughs> nope. Brunzel is the normal guy, and no, be- no, I agree. Brun- that, but that's normal compared to. B. Brian Blair. B. Brian Blair, after watching, after hearing the man talk for a couple of minutes, I was like, I'm kind of glad the Iron Sheik makes one of those because <laughs> he's just so weird. We are going to get to all of that in just a moment. Ooh, what a break we're having. That was such a good episode of The Wrestler Review again. Ladies and gentlemen, please rate and subscribe to The Wrestler Review. Of course, you also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums 
on our websites, thejohnhastings.com, that is John's website, and dylanagot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. dylanagot.com, thejohnhastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. We're back from the break where we did all the stuff. So the Killer Bees, three years. Turned right down. What are you fucking saying to me? Three of the most beautiful years anyone's had in their goddamn lives, John. What do you think about it? I think it was a very interesting sort of... The the Killer Bees career in historical context is very interesting because it would never happen today. There would never just be a tag team that's sort of around doesn't really do anything that's still remembered I think by there would though all right because uh, here's this name, is they okay, are, are there but a- name a tag team from the ruthless aggression era that never held the belts 3MB no they're not from the Ruth they're from the Fed, what do we, what do, you, what do we call this the PG era is it the PG era or the reality era I forget. Anyway. We were in the PG area. Now we're in the reality era. I'm just saying the Killer Bees Who now. 3MB? Yeah, three. they're a three-man band. Yeah, but that's... Jinder too, Mahal. No, but that's too recent. Keith Slater. That's way too recently. It's three years ago. That's pretty... I'm talking Ruthless Aggression era. So like eight, nine, ten years ago? Fucking think of one. La Resistance. They won the belts. Now it's impo- Caden Murdoch won the belts. They stopped caring about tag team wrestling and they kind of have again. But I'm just saying, well, they only if they would have been around the- now, they would be three M- three MB because there's no it's feast or famine now. There's no middle. See, middle. Yeah, it's interesting. I would think that it's no mid card, and they're a mid card tag team. Like they would beat some people. They challenged for the belts. Yeah, they challenged. They 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 had some uh, matches on, against the Dream Team, but never on a pay per view. And they're, like, their big programs were like with the Rougeos. Yeah, they they had programs with the Rougeos and like the Heart Foundation and stuff. But that's important to do. They win some, they lose some. Like it's really important this to is have Heart Foundation. By the way, bef- like Apre Pink Trunks, like when they were still managed by Jimmy Hart. Right. By the way. Yeah, when they like when uh, Hitman would wear fucking aviators to the ring. And just look like a dick. Oh, he looked. He like- looked like people really underestimate how good of a like how good Bret Hart was at just looking like a fucking dick. No one, everyone forgets also that for some reason Jim the Anvil Nyhart wore a beret to the ring for years. Did he? See what I'm talking about? You didn't even fucking know. But this is a lot of things where it's like the wrestling that. We, or at least I can speak personally, I remember is probably, most is 90 to 2000, you know, because of like adolescence. But then you get into the like 85 to whatever when we we was children mm. and uh, it's kind of like some sore spots. When we be wear when we be kissing them nipple hats. Kiss in the nipple hats. So, um... Oddly enough, they have a big they have a big feuds with the uh, with the Funks, um, Hoss and Terry, and Jimmy Jack, Jimmy Jack, <laughs> Jimmy Jack Funk. They faced they uh, faced the Funks in front of the and they're in the big event in Toronto, which is very nice. Um, and then, oddly enough, like by both men's like by both men's words, they got along, mm. but they couldn't. But they. After uh, 88, when they kind of like start going downhill. They're like, well, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, B. Brian Blair goes to the AWA. 
in 88, which is kind of... Like, yeah, in 1990, he's facing Larry Zabisco for the title. That's kind of like taking over uh, ownership of HMV yeah. today. You're like, ugh, fuck. And it's a really weird thing because... It's really weird because this is one of those things where this is probably the original draft of Vince's great ideas uh, of owning the name because the Killer Bees can't use this name on the indies. So... They had to go on the indies as called mass confusion, mm-hmm. and he like uh, B. Brian Blair did uh, wrestle in New Japan as the Killer B. Uh, and they there was also for a long time they would be announced as like one half of the Killer Bees, and then because they also both ended up back being ah! ended up both back being enhancement talent for the Fed at different points, and yeah. for the longest time would they get kept a, on Jim Brunzel. For a while, just as like, hey, remember this guy used to be good. Yeah, now he's and he would be announced as one half losing. of the Killer Bees, and then they were just like, yeah, fuck it. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee, give it five more years, and they'll be in the Hall of Fame. Like they are running out of fucking guys. Here's a weird thing. Feasibly, like, all right, uh, Jim Brunzel stopped wrestling at um at fifty on his fiftieth birthday. He stopped. Yeah, because he like. At a sunset flip, and he could, he could, he's like a Ricky the Dragon steamboat in a way, where because he could, he kind of fucked up a sunset flip, and he was like, I can't wrestle anymore. Yeah, uh, it's not perfect. B. Brian Blair is still wrestling, and looks good because he's a Christian man. Yeah, so goddamn it, he don't have the goddamn same problems at that Iron Sheik. Um, he, they could bring the Killer Bees in and get a pretty sizable pop. If they brought in the Killer Bees, because here's the thing. There's another guy like this. If they brought them in, it would be funny if they brought them they in. Brought them in <laughs> they brought them in. If they bring them in the night after WrestleMania, the place will go insane. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. is, But people he, don't know their moves. So but, once they start doing moves, <laughs> people will be like, because I'm guaranteed it's everyone who will be like, Oh, my childhood's here. And then they'll start doing moves. You'll be like, I don't know what that is. Also, the Killer Bees didn't have a theme song. Just about like, buzz. Like what, like, what was their theme song? What was their theme Cause song? Because the thing is, is that they were 88. They still, there were still wrestlers with no music. It's very possible they didn't have a theme song. Uh, Yeah. All right. You look up, you look up their theme song. And, uh, and I, now we're going to talk about uh, it. I will tell you. Uh, about B. Brian Blair, I have alluded to this. So, Jumpin' Jim Runzel, uh, pretty normal man. Um, <laughs> he's a pretty normal man. This apparently is... He the, works with kids with on, diabetes. This is apparently Sorry. their theme song. Play oh, by the way, he, they will not be coming to the WWE. Uh, the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, they will not be going to the Hall of Fame because uh, Brunzel is part of that class action suit uh, as part of... Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jimmy B. ain't going nowhere near that, <laughs> that fucking shit. Okay, this evidently, in four seconds, we're going to... I want you to know, I've never heard this piece of music ever in my life. Okay. What a classic 80s WWF theme. Solid tune. No one's not saying it's not a solid tune. It's... It's just a Bruce Springsteen song. (laughs) Yeah, that's just a reworked Springsteen song. Because that's the thing. Oh, how did I forget this? Because Jumpin' Jim Brunzel knows Bruce Springsteen. What? Yeah, I think... Fuck. Oh, man, I'm going to be crucified for this if I just kind of remember it. But... 
Um, you talk about jumping, Brian Blair. Jumping Jim Brunzel. Look this up. But I think on the on the uh, he's he's on a podcast. He mentions it. And he's like talking about how he is a big Bruce Springsteen fan, and then he met Bruce Springsteen, and they just kind of got along, because, <laughs> because why not? You know, it was on the Art of Wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was trying not to give a free plug to that loser's show. Yeah, I understand he's a bad guy and no one likes him, but it's fine. You can still listen to. Oh, him. bad guy. Oh, oh, cool. How much of your body is pecs? Literally a third of it. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. you big-headed bitch. Because guess what? You know what a third of our bodies are? Dicks. <laughs> I had some dicks surgically implanted on me. Not me. Mine's is huge. Mine's not. Whenever Mine I is... see Jim Jones's dick, I go, "That's all you got." Ha <laughs> ha. I have a seven-inch flaccid dick, and when I get hard, it goes down to five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rare disease. So, be Brian Blair. This man, I'll tell you this guy. Uh, he he lives in Florida, and that means one of two things, John. He either loves he... pills, or he loves God, or hopefully, he loves a little bit of both. <laughs> um. Here's what this man is. Uh, he's he's the, now got into politics. He runs a string of uh, Gold's gyms that he sold for two two trillion dollars. That's pretty chill. Uh, but he also <coughs> has some like it's very indicative of America and the problem I think there is in in America. Uh, being Canadian, who better to talk about what uh, problems are in America than me? Um, but he lost his reelection to in two thousand four. So he was uh, named like county commissioner in Florida, mm-hmm. and he lost his reelection to the first openly gay candidate. Uh, and I watched an interview where shortly after he lost that, and he just talked about how fucking rigged it was and how bullshit it is because he loses the election by like, like legitimately a thousand votes. He loses, um, and he's just talking about how bullshit it is. And then you're like, you kind of like, hey, be Brian Blair because I don't know anything about this man. Keep in mind, so it's kind of like they're just peeling layers of an onion because I'm like, be Brian Blair. You're doing maybe you're and he's like, oh, I want to do a lot of work for the community, and I'm like, goddamn right you do, be my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You drop kick those community problems. You're gonna jump over the hurdles like you jump over the roads in a spangly black and yellow <laughs> jacket. And then he's like, because I believe there should be a curfew, and I was like. What are we talking Uh-oh. about now, B. Brian Blair? Uh oh. He here here's a, in in B. Brian Blair's world, you should not be able to be outside after midnight. Remember this, everyone. He's saying this to people whose job for years was not pretending to fight Hulk Hogan. And he, like, did cocaine. Like, he's seen people do cocaine. I mean, maybe that's completely affects it. Um, yeah, like... But he's, like, this man, this man wrestled with the junkyard dog. And he's... A curfew, not, and you shouldn't be allowed to drive after 1 a.m. So literally, if there's a trucker who's like, oh, I'm doing an overnight delivery, I have to drive through, they pretty much would have to drive around Florida, his county, because Bree Brian Blair would be like, listen, son, yeah, I'm going to put your goddamn truck in a sleeper uh, if you think you're driving through this fucking community. Let me tell you something, Diesel, which is what I think all trucks are. <laughs> you're not coming into Cook County. That's a really good B. Brian Blair. Thank you. I don't think not. Oh, and then he one. gets into the and he gets into the how he, he got in a fist fight with his son, where his son came home at four a.m., which is how he gets into the curfew thing. And he's like, and no one should be coming home at four a.m. It's like, what if they have? What if they? People work in a fucking bar, Brian. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you sleep at the bar. 
Can you imagine? Because this is the thing about the southern United States that you remember when you listen to this man's interview. There are dry counties, and B. Brian Blair is a fan. I've never heard an interview with someone who is a fan of the idea of dry counties before. Do you understand? Uh, and for those of you actually who don't know this, because we have a lot of listenership in the UK, but I'll explain. A dry county means there is no. Oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, I don't mean to sound like a nightclub comedian, which I is, but uh, the idea of a dry county will literally make people in the United Kingdom break the thing they're listening to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they will literally. There, there are pla- yeah. There's right. no alcohol available. Nope. Not in a bar. Not in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Not in a store or a shop in the that county area. Yeah. There's also dry days, so a lot of them, uh, and this is true in a lot of states, can't buy booze on Sunday. Yeah. Can't stores can't be open on a Sunday. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I will say this: religious aspect aside, the idea of not having any stores open on one day is kind of nice. Yeah, it is nice for it's just all, like well, everyone, let's take a day off of buying shit. And just fuck. Yeah, everyone gets a holiday. Yeah, put make sure you buy condoms on Saturday. Yeah. You're gonna use them on Sunday. You got pussy hair, dick hair. Let's fuck. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's shaved though. But I want to see the pile. I oh see yeah, the pile yeah, yeah. Of- I want to see the pile to know you're a man, but I want you to look like a baby. <laughs> you're Are a you man fu- who wants to be a baby. Are you gay for giant babies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. I like where we're going. Hey, mister, put on a t shirt, but nothing else. <laughs> Make sure you're 40, but shave your hair. <laughs> I'm into babies that are actually men. I'll put on a serviette and burp you, ooh, but with cum. Oh, yeah, burp the cum out of me. <laughs> oh, God, burp the cum out of me. Uh, oh, no. Shoot a load. Shooting loads with my (laughs) new boyfriend. I call him Toby, but his real name's Chris, cause Toby's a baby's name. In my head, he's a baby. (laughs) This is the second Road Dog song after (laughs) With My Baby Tonight. Um, So, B. Brian Blair believes in dry counties. He gets in a fight with his son, where, like, the crux of the story is his son comes home at 5 a.m. and uh, he he says, uh, and I believe in discipline. And then he he confronts his son, uh, and they he's like, and they're all sweaty because they've been playing basketball. I'm like, what a what a either he's his son is wholesome as shit no. because his son is sweaty because they've been playing basketball at four a.m. Like, if your son is still playing basketball at four a.m., your son's gonna be in the NBA. You might want to be nice to him. No, your son's doing drugs. Be Brian Blair. You yeah. live in Florida, like to the admission of Kevin Nash. Florida's nice. The problem with raising a kid there is that there is going to be a substance abuse problem for a couple of years. That's why I don't allow anything but beer and wine in the house because he goes crazy if you give him liquor. And it's like, <laughs> well, what? Kevin Nash, you're trying to help, but like B. Brian Blair is like, he's got the devil in him. It's because black people play that basketball. That's why he attacked me. Interesting fact about B. Brian Blair, though. He grew up in Gary, Indiana. Explain that reference. All right. Gary, Indiana is like the second most impoverished place in the United States. If any of you out there have not driven by Gary, Indiana, basically it's just you driving through and then people uh I will say this a mostly black community. Oh yeah of course going looking course, like looking old out. racist Dylan has to bring up the blacks as usual. Measure their brains. They're not as good as us. <laughs> oh, All right, uh, so 
you uh, eugenics is real. Uh, the uh, you drive through and it's just these impoverished people standing outside their shed homes, staring at you with a car, being like, "If this car slows down, we're taking everything you own for sure." Because we've never like there hasn't been a job here since Michael Jackson left. It's the birthplace of B. Brian Blair and Michael Jackson. But it's like one of the most impoverished places. So what you're saying is two guys who for sure got the shit kicked out of them by their dads. Just, all right, yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, what I'm telling you is uh, Gary, Indiana, like, all right. Gary, Indiana is on a show called, oh my God, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix in the States and in Canada. It's called like Deserted Towns. Because <laughs> there's these towns in uh, America where people are like, oh, the industry's gone. Let's leave. <laughs> so yeah. They leave and then it's just one guy holding a knife being like... I'm protecting my rocks. These yeah. are my goddamn rocks. Like Detroit is weirdly rebounding because of hipsterism and people like corporations yeah. going in and buying up the real estate. But Detroit in 2008, 2009 from Windsor, Ontario. So from yeah. being separated by water, you'd look over at night and it would be so dark. Like you're like, oh, they just didn't turn on the power in the downtown tonight. Yeah. Like it's terrifying. And Detroit wasn't that abandoned. Yeah. You could only imagine what a place like Gary, Indiana. Um, there's other places in Ohio and Iowa, like the Dakotas, Montana, where yeah. you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, Montana's supposed to be goddamn God's country. But I know my friend uh, Sarah played a club in uh, a comedy club in Detroit, and she got drunk. Which Sarah? Donaldson? Yep. And she walked. She said she walked down. She was walking I downtown. Guessed it when you said drunk, by the way. <laughs> And she said it was like being in the movie fucking... It was like being in a modern version of the movie Tombstone. She's like, oh, there's no cars or anything or lights on these streets. I'm in real danger. I'm so glad I'm drunk, so I'm not that scared. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not a place you go look around sober. But anyway, uh, big detour on that one, but... We'll get to where we need to go. His son, he's like, Jebediah, or whatever his name yeah. is. Uh, Josiah, why were you out? Josiah. Josiah, why were you out? J. Josiah Blair. <laughs> why, why are you playing the round ball at four in the morning? And yeah. then he was like, Dad, you don't fucking tell me what to do. <laughs> he takes a swing at his dad and punches his dad in the face. His da- Then they go, His da- he locks himself in his room. And then this is at this point, Brian Blair is like, and I believe in discipline. So what he did was chase his son into the room. Keep in mind, his son has come to the door with two other people. Come to yeah. home to hang out, I guess. And he comes into his room and he opens the door. His son takes a swing at him again. B. Brian Blair ducks it, fucking takes him down, puts him in a Kimura, and then, of course, the kid's friends just start beating the shit out of him. So, <laughs> B. Brian Blair's taking his goddamn lumps. <laughs> and uh, at this point, his mom, his sorry, his wife calls uh, 911. The cops show up, and uh, he doesn't press charges. And he's like, I love, but I love my son. And the rest of it's just him trying to be like, but, I, but I, do, I do love my son. When does he release the Kimura is the question, though. When he gets fucking booted in the side of the head by some weird guy. Oh, it's just so great. By the way, um, Iron Sheik, long hated, uh, long held hatred for long B. Brian hatred Blair. For B. Brian Blair. If you were a YouTube, if you were a wrestling fan around basically the start of YouTube, like the first wrestling videos 
on YouTube Our with Iron Sheik Iron calling B. Brian Blair gay yeah. and saying, like, that guy owes me money for yeah. crack. He's a guy. No, no. He's calling him gay, but the punishment for being gay in the Iron Sheik's world is that he fucks your oh. ass and makes you humble. Yeah. <laughs> Which is. I mean, if you ever it's very funny, laugh, the idea to humble someone. If you ever want to laugh at the worst thing ever is Iron oh, yeah. Sheik, the first time he's on the Howard Stern show, where they just get the various staff members to dress up like people that kind of look like wrestlers, uh huh, but don't, including Artie Lang dressing up as the Iron Sheik <laughs> and going on a closed circuit television and just calling him gay. And how upset the Iron Sheik gets to the point that he has a beer in his hand and he just throws it at a guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, keep in mind, this is but also, B. Brian Blair also, also I wanna... the same day that he then goes on the Opie and Anthony show and pissed himself while they were talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big old day. Uh, and then it, it called me when he stopped doing all talk radio altogether when Jay Moore calls the Iron Sheik on the Opie and Anthony show where he's been clearly dosed so he doesn't go crazy. And he calls in and he goes, hey, Iron Sheik, Jay Moore here. I just want to let you know I'm with Brian Blair right now. And he knows that you're a faggot, you fucking faggot. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, you you're going to fuck me in the ass. I'll fuck your mother. Fuck you, fuck you, I'll fuck you. <laughs> and he gets so upset. You don't know Brian Blair. I'll fuck you. <laughs> um, the Iron Sheik is a goddamn national treasure. Uh, but uh, I will say this. B. Brian Blair does not take any of that as a joke. He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> the first part of the interview is him being like, I don't know why he would say that about myself. My family has heard him say this. My family. It's like this crazy guy. Like he would. So B. Brian Blair. Uh, there's a oh. derel, there's a derelict walking by. There's a derelict just screaming like ah ga ga ga. And B. Brian Blair stops down. Pardon like, me. Par- was that about my wife? Excuse me. Excuse me. You, you may note families live in this area, and you are speaking at a decibel that could awaken a baby. Please be more considerate. And if not, I'm going to introduce you to uh, John the Baptist. And St. Paul, those are my fist names, <laughs> named after the two toughest people in the Bible. You'd think that God would be the toughest, but he's not. He has emotion about his son, not me. I put him in a Camorra lock every fucking day. <laughs> Apologies for swearing. I don't usually do that, but whenever we're talking about the Camorra lock, which is how I make love, <laughs> I get very passionate. You're going to get, get your butt kicked. I would like to know... Jim Brunzel must call Brian Blair around the holidays, and just the differences in what's happening behind them must be so much di- like Brunzel because well, that's very interesting. Playing thing. with his grandkids, and Brian Blair is like, "Where's my fifteen hundred dollars, Josiah? Where's my fifteen hundred dollars?" Because that's the very interesting thing about it. By all accounts, they got along really well. Because I mean, Brian Blair is a fucking Bible thumper, but in the course of pro wrestling, I. You would rather pick the guy who you can have a pretty boring conversation yeah. with every day than the guy who you wake up and he's sold your a, bed as a rib sold your daughter into slavery. Yeah. yeah, it was just a rib. Yeah, don't you get? It? Uh, uh, I got these. Uh, I got did briefly room with Dino Bravo, but he sold all my clothes and put all just a bunch of cigarettes in all my bags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a rib, he got me addicted to heroin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, my life is pain now. I uh, I stayed one night with Roddy Roddy Piper, and he didn't show up until the end, and there was 15 police officers with him. His crime was he stole a train. <laughs> <laughs> I, what you don't understand, though, guys, is that I was with a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so here, but here's the thing. Um, 
Jim Brunzel is an accomplished tag team wrestler beforehand because he's in the High Flyers with Greg Gagne. So obviously, if I loathe like late seventies, early eighties tag team names. The High that was Flyers. The, early 80s. the High Flyers against the Gentleman Du Jour. <laughs> it was the early eighties. You yeah. fucking idiot. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you can suck my asshole. I can't physically touch a man. You can. I can't the unless my body understands it's for hate. <laughs> is, that your Brian, is that your no Brian hate. Blair That's impression? My impression of me and Brian Blair. Brian Blair. <laughs> also, Brian Blair. Do you think we saying could, be Brian Blair is much more difficult than you think? It be would Brian be. Blair. Be Brian Blair. I feel like it'll be a part of a what are you like a like a tongue twister or some shit? Yeah. Do they call him tongue be, twister? Or they call him be Brian Blair. Be Brian Blair went to the went to the butterscotch factory. Be Brian Blair went to the butterscotch factory. Ah! <laughs> so Jim Brunzel is a more accomplished wrestler than uh, B. Brian Blair, but he does. Uh, but that's the. I guess it's. I'm assuming it's because like the the Fed owns every, like, every thing close to the killer bees. Yeah. You know, like you can't even like uh what if we were the dangerous bugs? No dice. Yeah. Like what what if we be the the stingy boys? No, I already have a copyright. <laughs> uh could we be the knife butts? Incorrect again. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about the killer bees? Mine and I really enjoy it. With my favorite thing about the killer bees? Um, they are one of the most underrated like watching their work, they're one of the most underrated tag teams uh of all time. And it's a really a weird case study in what people remember fondly. Like if you were to bring out if you were to bring out Strike Force now, or if you were to bring out like any of these, like the Dream Team. I mentioned the Dream Team yeah. earlier. Do you know who the Dream Team was? I do. Oh fuck! Who are they? It's two people that went on to have singles runs. I feel like Paul Roma's one. No, he's in the Young no, Stallions. No, it's three people. It's Who, oh, the, uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, yep. managed by Johnny Valiant. Oh fuck! Yeah, Dino Bravo and exactly though. This proves my point. No, These guys I were tag remember, teams. But I gotta say, I'm very pleased that I got two of the three. Greg Valentine. Greg Valentine. So these guys are mem- memorable. Or like because you're more memorable than people who actually like. Did stuff. Exactly. And there's a reason, A, why that was, and B, it's like, it's kind of like if we were big nerd wrestling fans in 1984, maybe we thought, maybe we would thought the Killer Bees were really cheesy and shouldn't have been in it, but there's a reason why they're more memorable than more team, than teams that were more, like, more successful in the storyline version. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So it's like they're a very weird case study in what's memorable because they were around for three years, but it's kind of like it's like wrestling's almost like one hit wonder where it's like they were super memorable. Uh, they were like of that era. They're like one of the teams that I remember, or one of the like characters I remember even because the only reason I would know who the Hart Foundation was was no offense, but because what they did years later. Yeah, no, the only reason that you know. Like, like the tag team division, like Strike Force, and that's only just because you said that. Demolition. Like if you were to ask me what tag teams were in the WWF in nineteen eighty. Demolition, Powers of Pain, and then most people would probably be like Legion of Doom, and you're like, eh, incorrect. No, legit, I would just say NWA tag teams. Yeah, brain I'd bus- be like, I don't know, Fabulous Freebirds, Killer Bees. Like the Killer Bees would be on there, and there's a reason that I mean 
there's a reason why they stuck. Yeah. And and I think and I think it's just because they were uh, they were just they had a lot of in ring charisma, and even though they didn't get the time on the mic or or necessarily the victories, uh, I think they were just one of the most effective tag teams uh, of that era, and uh, really speak to the fact that uh, tag team wrestling is great and should come back, and that I'm married to uh, six women at the same time. Are you? Yep. Congratulations. Yep. I got to get you a lot of juicers. Ooh, I drink, I eat a lot of celery, so I have loads enough for them all. Like Peter North, you just have, so you can make cum ropes. Yep. Um, I would say, personally, most memorable thing about <laughs> personally, you would say it. Personally, I'm going not say impersonally, it. not impersonally, not written in a letter and read up by you. Um, I would say uh, Killer Bees' best use of a bad gimmick because in the end, being called the Killer Bees is terrible. Yeah. I'll uh, look at the Red Rooster where Terry Taylor took that literally. And instead of being the cock of the walk, just pretended to be a rooster man. Well, the killer bees just basically ignored the fact that they had the bee costumes and just were chewed. They did have bee costumes. Yeah. And were just two gentlemen who wrestled together and just like like a team name as opposed to some wrestlers who have been like, I guess I got a buzz and have honey. Yeah, but they were also the Killer Bees made sense because they were like it was jumping Jim Brunzel and B. Brian Blair. Like there's a lot of bees in there. Mm, legitimate. There's a. In, I could see their point of the, there's bee, going like legitimately there's bees in the name. The I'm Killer Bees, Brunzel and Blair, and then they dress that. up like bees, which is a thing that was nice. Maybe this is one of the first over the top gimmicks in the Fed, and that's why it's so memorable. It is not one of the first over-the-top gimmicks. It's 85. This is right at the start of rock and wrestling. I would say... Like, they're probably one of the first... I would say Hillbilly Jim is way more over-the-top than the Killer Bees. But Hillbilly Jim is... Oh, that's around WrestleMania 3, isn't it? No, Hillbilly Jim is from the beginning. From the beginning. I'm going to say Hillbilly Jim is 84 because he was essentially Hogan's first, like, Hulk Hogan and his pal. You remember how Hulk Hogan always had, like... He's my buddy. Oh yeah, yeah. This guy needs to be in danger, so I win. Yeah. Um. So tell me this: what's your what's the worst thing about the Killer Bees? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say career trajectory. Okay. They had a lot more to offer than a lot of other. You were t- right, 1984. Yeah, I know I was right because I'm very good at everything. Shut the fuck up. Um, I would say career directory, just really fucking... For a tag team of ability with those two single performers, they could have gotten a lot more out of them, and they just were like, nah, spangly jackets, get in that battle royal, ask me no more questions, suck me. Yeah, I think, yeah, because that's... They are very much... Because if you think about this, like, um, both of them... Like, Brunzel's 5'9", right? So these guys do not have the body type that uh, Vinny Veve wants at that time uh particularly at that time like it's a it's always been a big man uh big man's rule the roost big man's big men rule the roost at the wwf right so mm-hmm. um yeah they were just they're probably one of the first examples of like like i said if we were internet dorks we'd be like oh those guys are the best workers but they have like no gimmick like um they won re- like and what I'm assuming is one of the first awards. Uh, they won the Wrestling Observer Most Underrated Wrestler, like underrated tag team. B. Brian Blair won Most Underrated Wrestler, like in '84. So it's like, yeah, yeah they had 100%. something. And they're just yeah, yeah, they had. They were just really good workers who were given uh, a gimmick. A big and I, 
steaming pile of shit. Yeah, and they brought something. They they given this cartoon gimmick, but they brought something to it, which is uh, bees are in the air, and so are these guys. They're really high flyers. Oh no! That yeah, that is that, what they were definitely saying, though. And uh, my worst thing about it is uh, probably promo skills. I mean, they didn't uh, have any, nor did they have the chance to. And that's it. That's a great point. <laughs> For Dylan Gott, my name is John Hastings. I'm the only talented one on this podcast. And I'm a. D- All right, I, I, I guess uh, shared my thoughts with you regarding the current situation of the World Wrestling Federation as it pertains to the tag teams. I have never seen so many great, really great tag teams under one umbrella, under one federation, as I have right now with the World Wrestling Federation. You have, at the top of the ladder, the Hart Foundation. They are the tag team champions of the world. And then closely grouped behind, British Bulldogs, the Rougeos, Demolition, Kamala, Sika. That list goes on and on. I couldn't forget these two men. Certainly couldn't forget them. They've got to be the number one contenders right now. Jim Brunzel and B. Brian Blair, they are the killer bees. And, of course, ultimately, you want those tag team titles. We sure do, Mean Gene. You know... We're, we're, uh, we are two determined men right now, Mean Gene, and we're motivated men, and we're motivated by two things. They are. Number one, of course, is the World Tag Team title. And number two is all the people out there that have supported us, the cards, the letters. I mean, we've gotten letters from Japan, Australia, everywhere. And those people say, when are you going to beat the Hart Foundation? We want to see the World Champion titles around the bee's waist. And so that's our other motivation. That's our other purpose, Mean Gene. We want to win the titles for two reasons, the belts, and for all those people that have supported us. So that's our mission right now. You can't do it alone, Jimmy. I think you and Brian know that. you got to have the support of the fans. It it, it gives you strength. Mm. It sure does. You know, and, and Brian and I, we've been through a lot in uh, uh, two years together. Uh, we've had some injuries. We had some bad luck. We had some frustrations. And sure, there's a lot of pressure on all the teams, like you mentioned before. But, you know, Brian and I are on a run. We've got two wins over the hearts and non-title matches. And hopefully, uh, maybe mask uh, confusion will prevail. And yes. we'll be the new World Tag Team Champs. Good to We're going to find out. I thank you, Brian. Good to see you back. And also, jumping Jim Brunzel. Boy, the list of tag teams, very impressive. They're one of the greatest killer bees.